listening to Pubcast. Terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Pubcast. Uh, this is our second movie breakdown, uh, actually our third episode, because the first one went so long we broke it in half, but uh, our second movie that we're breaking down, this time it's The Fugitive, and this is our second straight movie uh, that's set in Chicago, so that's uh, something near and dear to uh, most of the, or the hearts of most of our listeners. Uh, so this time Allison and Eric join me again as we uh, go through the ins and outs of The Fugitives, uh, the fugitive, uh, what we like, what we didn't like, uh, and some details you may have missed. So here we go as we break down The Fugitive. All right, listen up. We have a fugitive that's been on the run for 90 minutes. Foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, four miles an hour. That will give you a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in this area. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. I'm not trying to solve a puzzle here. Well, I am trying to solve a puzzle. And I just found a big piece. Okay, well, so let's dive into The Fugitive and get this show on the road. Okay. Uh, according to IMDb, uh, this is the plot. Dr. Richard Kimball, unjustly accused of murdering his wife, must find the real killer while being the target of a nationwide manhunt led by a seasoned U.S. Marshal. Okay. Hey, that's, that's it. Sure. There's something wrong. I don't know nationwide, but other that's, than that, that's kind of where I was going to go. Like, is it nationwide or is it countywide? I mean, it's I think it was right. more statewide. Yeah, it's pretty much in Illinois. Uh, so, Eric, when did, I mean you're younger, but when did you see this? What, did you see this in the theater? What was your reaction to this whole deal? I did see it in the theater the first time when it came out. Uh, I had never heard of the TV show prior to this movie coming out. Uh, Mom explained some of the background of the TV show and stuff. Um, I ended up seeing the theater with Mom and Dad because it was one of those rare movies that caught Dad's attention enough that we all went to the theater to go see it. Like, Dad wanted to see it that bad. Wow. Kind of like, like E.T. or Return of the Jedi yeah. or something like that, that it was that big that he, that we went, he took us to the movies to see it. My, um, dad, my dad was in the theater with I, us twice for a movie uh, in my youth, and it was only, it was Superman, the original, uh, and Ghostbusters. That I mean, was they're it. two good ones, but... No other movie yeah. compelled him to 
get in a car and go to the theater. Not one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so I was trying to tell Allison, I, I couldn't explain this properly. And, I, and the more we th- talk about it and think about it, I'm probably wrong about this. But when this ki- when The Fugitive came out, and this may be because of our age or the hype that we saw around it or there was nothing else big that at that time i'm not sure that's exactly right either but um this felt like a big movie yeah i mean it was it felt like harrison ford versus tommy lee jones and i didn't i didn't know tommy lee jones before this movie i had never really seen him or heard of him i don't think until this movie and then during the movie i'm like oh this guy's like a real actor he's like he must have done all kinds of stuff who is this guy like they, he sort of held his own on the screen against Harrison Ford, which Harrison Ford was the biggest, arguably the biggest actor, maybe movie star, but actor the action movie of that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying At to remember. Point, did we did we see this movie together? I can't, I really don't remember. It would have been it would like, have been ninety three, and I don't know. It, if was, it was August ninety three when it came out, yeah. and he would have just been coming back to school, maybe. Yeah. So, I don't know. That summer. We might have seen it together. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, this was a, a big deal. And it's still, like, a fan favorite. It's still, like, a classic movie, which I'm, it's, I'm surprised it's held it's, up so it's, long. I think it's, but I think it does hold up. And I know yeah. that's, we'll talk about that later. It yeah, it holds, it holds up very well. Yeah. Um, so, I asked myself this during the movie last night. Um, is this a Harrison Ford movie or is this a Tommy Lee Jones movie? Obviously, the main character, the protagonist, is supposed to be Dr. Richard Kimball. Yeah. But well, Tommy Lee Jones is, is just a big a part in this movie. I mean, he's you're on his side as much as anything. But he, And he's, his performance stole the show. Yeah, like, great. it's It's... Yeah, captivating. Like you, when he's on screen, you are fully engaged and yeah. listening yeah. and watching what he's doing and how he talks and what he does and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with Allison. I think it was probably intended to be a Harrison Ford movie. Yeah, but Tommy Lee Jones killed it. Um. So we mentioned that Harrison Ford is sort of at the peak of his powers at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had all. I mean, he has lots of good movies throughout his career, but this is sort of his window of dominance, if he had one. Yeah. At this point, he probably never really had any movie that ever flopped. Yeah. So there's a six-year period. There's one movie that will stand out, and you'll it'll be clear which one is the ugly duckling of this bunch. But he had a six-year period where he ran off in a row. Patriot Games, The Fugitive, A Clear and Present Danger, Sabrina, The Devil's Own, and Air Force One. Devil's Own is the one that is really not very good. I don't know that I saw that movie. No one should really see that movie. It's not good. I never saw Devil's Own. I did see Sabrina. Yeah. Uh, But also, it really is a very good movie. That was before this, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Air Force One was his big summer blockbuster deal after he had had 
most of this run. Air Force One was 97, Patriot Games 92, Fugitive 93. So the Devil's Own, uh, not to get sidetracked, but if you want to hear eh, arguably the worst Irish accent in the world, uh, listen to Brad Pitt try and pull off a Belfast accent in the Devil's Own. It's, it's worse than it's worse than Tom Cruise and Far and Away. Oh yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. I didn't think anything oh. would be worse. Yeah. That. I'm gonna have to check that, it out then. Yeah. It's pretty good. He has a better accent in Snatch, and you can barely understand him in that movie. But uh, Devil's Own is like, whoa, it's brutal. Yeah, See, I'll, I'll take the Pepsi challenge on that one. Yeah. It it. It might be a uh, <clears throat> a bad Irish off between those two, but uh, I think that's it. It would be a, a ten round fight going down to the bell. <laughs> it'd, it'd be a decision for sure. All uh, right, all right. Yeah, so great. Eric's got an assignment for the weekend now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go watch this <laughs> shitty movie and compare this accent. Uh, we need a full report. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we can do that on a different podcast. Reviewing these bad movies. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes score. We have the audience score and the critics score. Uh, what do you think the audience scored it on Rotten Tomatoes? The Fugitive. Um, 87. What do you think, Eric? I'll say uh, 91. Audience score, 89. Oh. Right in the middle. Oh. You guys nailed it. Uh, what do you think the critics score is? I don't I, – I generally think the critics are harsher than – or harder than the audience. On an but action not, movie, I would agree. I'm not positive There's about other that. movies that see, can be the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I'll say go ahead. five. What was it? Well, say it again. 75. 75. Oh, I'd go 82. So the audience score was 89. Critic score, 96. Wow. 96%. Certified Fresh. Like, Tommy Lee Jones. Among the best possible movies they've ever scored, I'm sure. Wow. Right? Yeah. 96. Jesus. So I wouldn't expect that. Hmm. So, uh, A lot of people will use the uh, the reviews of um, Roger Ebert because he's more fun usually, and he right. says he takes more extreme stands, positive or negative, on these. I, I grabbed Siskel because it was easy to find. Uh, so here's what Siskel says: um, a truly tension-filled drama and action. A truly tension-filled drama and action picture that has been skillfully directed by Andrew Davis and wonderfully acted by Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Each is working at the top of his form. I think we agree with that. Uh, Together with What's Love Got to Do With It, this is the summer's best entertainment. (laughs) What is that movie? Is that Tina Turner? Oh, right. Yeah, right, right. It's, and that's uh, Angela Bassett yeah. as Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? So that was their 
competition. Second. And Lawrence Fisher as Ike Turner. Yeah. So he says Harrison Ford is superb as always, uh, portraying uh, an embattled figure. He's played a doctor before in regarding Henry. Uh, and a common man tracking a criminal, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but this time, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, whatever, who cares? He says, uh, I've already seen The Fugitive twice, and I'll probably see it again. Wow. That might be a little bit of a Chicago bias, I think, but fine. Maybe. Okay, fun facts. Uh... The Fugitive made 183 million domestic and 368 million worldwide. So 180 and change uh, internal and external from the U.S. That's a big ass movie in 1993. Yeah. 93. Yeah. That's huge. Um, That's monster. The 94 Oscars. Yeah. I believe. Uh, the Fugitive was up for like seven awards, something like that. And it only, I, think, I believe it only won one. And that was Best Supporting Actor for Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Here's who he beat. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm. Ralph Fiennes, Schindler's List. Mm. John Malkovich, The Line of Fire. Oh, that's a very... 93 movie. Uh, yeah. uh, and Pete Postlewaite for In the Name of the Father. Wow. Okay. I don't... Uh, the only one you can argue with maybe would be Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. For Schindler's List. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, it was also... It was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, did not win. The winner was... Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Right. Yeah. Uh, the others were In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and The Remains of the Day. Oh. <laughs> that feels like a stretch from, at that point. I don't know what else well, is out there, but. Well, and well, it was when they had five in the category. Was it Philadelphia nominee, too? Uh, I didn't have it. I had Fugitive, Name of the Father, The Piano, Remains of the Day, and Schindler's List. Oh, okay. That's five. Um, is that yeah, I know Tom Hanks beat uh, um, Liam Neeson for Best Actor. Yeah. Well, this is that, a weird one, one because it came out in 93, but it was up for the Oscars in 94. Hmm. Because yeah. it came out in the fall, but so it was, but they let it have a longer run. So it was in theaters through like March or something weird like that. So it was so successful. So I don't know. So. It's the only TV TV adapt uh, TV adaptation to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. That is a fun fact. What else? Boy Shadow. Uh, <laughs> what, what was there ever a movie? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine what else would be Untouchables. Hell no. Was that was a series? Untouchables was. Was it a series or an old movie that was remade? It was a series. It was a series. Yeah, right? um, Robert Stack with Elliot Ness. That's right. Oh my God, Robert Stack. And uh, what's his name? His last name is Siegel. Seagal. Uh, he was in it too, if I remember, as one of the gangsters. I don't know. 
cares? Steven. I know. Steven's involved. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> he does all sorts of Aikido on the... <laughs> he takes out Capone with a karate chop to his neck. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, so that series, when they signed up for the movie, none of the main stars nor the director had seen the series. They hmm. sort of went to this blind. That was okay. really good, though. Yeah. So, Eric, you mentioned this, that you went on a deep, a, a Tommy Lee Jones deep dive and ended up seeing this as, as the next movie. But I forgot about this. Five years after... Uh, the Fugitive, they had a sequel, I mean, or a spinoff, yeah. uh, U.S. Marshals. Right. I completely yep. forgot about that. Was it any good? Yeah. If, if I remember right, they, from reading IMDb trivia on that movie, they tried to make a direct sequel and have Harrison Ford involved somehow. Yeah. But they couldn't make it work, so then they just decided to just focus on uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character and his team was i'm going to say something at the risk of being embarrassed that i'm wrong was wesley snipes yes. the main guy yes yeah uh, okay so yes, I did he was a, uh he was a cia operative that was on the run yeah so this time uh, it turned it, into, instead of the wrongly accused doctor yeah. you know, doctor wrongly accused of killing his wife it's a sort of international espionage, a CIA operative framed for treason right. that they're chasing. And instead and the of... the U.S. Marshal would be after that? It, well, instead of the, the bus getting hit by a train and him getting out, this was a plane crash, a, a, pr- a prisoner plane crash or whatever. Oh, right. Oh gosh! So, I think I only saw it the, the one movie. time. I probably only saw it the one time. Yeah, like in the theater. Oh, I, or something. I'm not even sure I ever saw it. I, I guess I did, but I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't have seen it without you. I don't think. I don't think I saw it in the theater. No way. I, I don't know that I did either. Yeah, might have been a blockbuster rental. Yo, yeah, it was so memorable that I don't remember it. Uh, it's not a bad movie. It's just oh, sure. Yeah, it's very middle. It's a middle of the road action movie that's easily, maybe entertaining, but easily forgettable and sort of discarded. It's got good enough people in it. It it can't be all that bad. Okay, so production on the Fugitive was infamously difficult. Uh, I guess developing the movie screenplay was an insane process. It took about five years. Whoa! It involved nine different writers. Uh, writing around 25 different drafts of The Fugitive. <laughs> 25 different drafts. How many episodes was the original series run? Like, I mean, to, to think about that many drafts. I would think less than 25. Oh, my know. God. Uh, it, so in one of the previous drafts, it was revealed that Tommy Lee Jones's uh, agent, Samuel Gerard. Uh, he was the one who hired the one-armed man to kill Dr. Kimball's wife. Whoa. <laughs> what? Why? I, I, Whoa. Uh, what? I mean, <laughs> I that sounds made up. Uh, yeah. So when they finally got around to filming, it was a huge rush job. Uh, after five years? After five years. It was like, hurry up and wait. And then they 
did this. He probably had super like quick. Harrison Ford probably had some <laughs> sort of like schedule. Like you rattled off probably. all those movies yeah. that he had. He probably had a window of when he could. So, I mean, uh, depending on the movie, they, they'll take a few months to shoot and a few months right. to in post production and pickups and. And there's marketing and promotion or whatever. I mean, we all know it takes a year or two or what, or eighteen months or whatever it is, from the start of filming to the uh, uh, release date, six months. Whoa! So they started filming and they were six months out. Wow! <laughs> Super fast. Wow. But I mean, you can't tell on screen, but uh, I can imagine that would be a tense, That's uh, crazy situation. Yeah. Well, um, and I saw, and I don't know if you were going to talk about this, that while a lot of it is supposed to be in Chicago or in Illinois, it's not. Because you and I were talking about right. the dam. It's in North Carolina. It's in North Carolina, like right on the Tennessee border. Yeah. And um, so they had lots of different places to go. It wasn't just kind of a reg- like a real small regional shoot, yeah, it's so like- to speak. Almost everything they shot, like in the woods or wherever, the dam, the river, even some of the hospital interior hospital stuff was in North Carolina. Hmm. Like they didn't shoot inside of uh, Chicago Memorial, Chicago or, Memorial. Yeah, yeah, Cook County or whatever. So the the train crashing into the bus, the the big famous scene at the beginning. Uh, I. I always thought it was miniatures. I st- even watching it last night, I was convinced it's miniatures. You know, those giant miniatures that are, right. you know, one-sixth scale. What? I like g- giant miniatures. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> well, it's not exactly I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, they, they derailed the train. Yeah, they really crashed a train into a bus. And supposedly it was geared to hit the the bus at 35 miles an hour but it was like 42 miles an hour and it created a much bigger explosion or wreck than they thought so and it was that, great for film it was great for film it's a one shot deal they must have done that in North Carolina too I would think it was nice it was a good scene for Harrison Ford to do the standard Harrison Ford leap off cringe pose yeah <laughs> The leap with the flailing arm. Where he's kind of covering his head. The Harrison Ford flailing leap. His signature along with the mad face punch. The big punch. Yeah. And the the knocking the gun out of the henchman's hand. He grabs him by the forearm and slamming their arm against the wall to knock the gun out of it. That's a classic as well. Oh, so good. Uh, the dam Richard Kimball jumps from is the Chioa Dam in North Carolina uh, on the Little Tennessee River, apparently. So, uh, the drug that is at question in the back half of the movie, uh, Provasic, RDU-90. Uh, it is defined as a miracle drug developed by Devlin McGregor Pharmaceuticals. Uh, Provasic provides... Sorry, Provasic produces drug-induced hepatitis, but the producers altered the test results uh, in order to get FDA pro- uh, approval, and the side effect and the cover-up are discovered by Dr. Richard Kimball. So 
Drug-induced hepatitis was the problem. But I thought it was in the liver. I thought it was like a, a liver issue. Isn't that what hepatitis is? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going right there. I really hope that that wasn't, they didn't stop their research just before that. <laughs> <laughs> It's something I'm in the assuming liver. that's why they're looking at liver samples. Yeah. But I never heard of hepatitis uh, as part of the, uh, the problem. Uh, anyway, St. Patrick's Day Parade um, was a last-minute decision. It was uh, the real parade, and they didn't have, like, a plan for it. They just said they got approval from the mayor, and they just said, go, Harrison Ford, put this hat on, and just go walk through the parade. Like, they didn't – there was no big – they didn't storyboard it. There was no big – production about it they're like yeah just go walk around in the parade yeah. <laughs> okay they had six months to shoot they were just making well stuff on and the you were saying it took six months and it, if it was released in october so that means march yeah, yeah. so probably right around that time it's crazy. which is i i did notice this last night when i was watching it and then i saw that somebody else had picked it up so as he's <laughs> walking through the parade he's got that coat on mm-hmm. and then he starts to take it <laughs> off and then as he's exiting the parade, he's just got his hoodie on yeah. and, and the hat, but he didn't – what happened to the coat? Right. And there's – he was in the middle of that crowd, so unless he gave it to somebody. So I was looking to see if somebody else right. had it on or something like that. So they shot it with like a, just a one or two people with a steady cam walking through, and they only had a handful of shots because after about – five minutes he started being recognized and people were oh Harrison Ford Harrison Ford and it was like a thing and he had to get out of there but uh, uh, that's why the shot is so quick there's a few cuts of him and then they're out weird that's great though yeah I like that good trivia (laughs) good trivia good trivia Uh, apparently Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Jones improvised a lot of his lines Uh, I saw somewhere most of his lines I can't believe that but the line that where he's uh, where they're they're at the train crash site and they're at the they're trying to figure out what to do next and he goes Newman what are you thinking or what, what are you doing he goes I'm thinking and he goes think me up uh, a cup of coffee and a chocolate donut with some of those little sprinkles on top that was Tommy Lee Jones just making shit up off oh of really yeah. oh that's good yeah nice that's a good little character line alright casting issues this is where. Actually, you know what? Before I, I got one piece of trivia that I always loved that I want to make oh. sure that we get covered. Um, apparently, early on in the production, Harrison Ford <laughs> hurt his knee, like tore ACL or something, and oh. needed surgery. So, but rather than stop the production, he thought it would be good for his character to have the limp through the whole movie. He totally does. So he have surgery until after shooting was over. That's good. I, I, I noticed that last night, the, so much limping, but yeah. does he get injured in the movie or is it implied that like when they were, they were fighting or was he just... I think it's implied with the train wreck. Oh, with yeah. the train wreck. Like, he wasn't right completely after that, right? Yeah. I mean, from then on, he's more or less... Has a, or a jumping limp. off that thousand-foot dam. <laughs> yeah. 
He did a Peter Pan. <laughs> Sorry, one of my favorite lines. He did a Peter Pan right <laughs> on this damn right here. That the, the shot of that of that dummy it falling down so the side good. of the dam is the most unbelievable, unintentional one of the most unintentionally hilarious things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like something out of a an eighth grade uh, home movie yeah, project. It's like, so good. Cut to this ragdoll being thrown off of the, the <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, oh, so casting issues. I didn't see a lot of like, this is how Harrison Ford got it. This is how uh, Tommy Lee Jones got it. I didn't see any of those details anywhere. Except there was one. Uh, there was a guy, I don't have his name here, but who was originally going to be playing Dr. Charles Nichols. Nichols. And apparently he shot up to a dozen scenes. Uh, But he had brain cancer. And after, you know, 10, 12 scenes, however many days, uh, he got sicker and sicker and had to stop filming. Oh, my goodness. And, like, he – so they were filming in the spring or whatever. He – died like in, in August like wow. right after so they had to they filmed some some things with Harrison Ford for them and so that they had to reshoot some of that stuff with this that, that the guy who played him uh, the Dutch actor Jerion Crab mm-hmm. uh, with you know, the guy with the hair helmet who's uh, Dr. Nichols um, so they Lego. I guess in a, supposedly in some of the scenes you can see differences in Harrison Ford's beard because of uh, they shot him oh. before, or after with this guy or not, or you know Harrison yeah, Ford yeah. had to regrow the beard because of uh, doing reshoots because this wow. this actor was no longer there. Like, it was a whole deal. Did he have so. to force it out? Like how do you uh, that that, that it well, wasn't no, I, a short beard? But I think that's the thing is like it didn't match perfectly. Okay. So I don't know, but maybe. It, Half of it's a wig. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Extensions. So, yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk about anything else on casting or I don't know if it's like a casting trivia thing, but I do have. I've got some uh, some cameos. Okay. Uh, and who is almost cast as the lead roles. Okay. What? Well, there's yeah. there's one that I. Oh, and then we have the recast. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, talking about that. So, Eric, I'm sure you remember this also, but the cop that gets shot on the L train. Yeah. That that actor was in Scrubs. That's one of my cameos. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, And what I loved is on the show Scrubs, of course, he's the janitor, and he talks about the fact that in, before that he was an actor, and his claim to fame was that he was in The Fugitive, yeah. and no, like people didn't believe him at first, and then eventually they saw that it was him. And I just, I, I thought that was a really they creative, showed that clip in Scrubs. They showed the clip in Scrubs, <laughs> in Scrubs, and I thought that was a really creative um, way to kind of give a head nod or whatever yeah. to that yeah. part. It's like a Yeah. I, re- I remember that episode. It was, uh, JD was, was really focused on like cracking who janitor was because he was to everybody, everybody in the hospital knew him in a different way. He was like a completely different right. personality for each person in the hospital. 
He was trying to figure out who this guy was, and then he was watching TV, and then it just happened to be that scene, and he's like, oh my god, Jagger! <laughs> was the Jagger's name Jagger? He's like a washed-up actor. Yeah. I meant to look it up, and I forgot. Yeah. Well, I, so I've got a few of those. Uh, the cop on the train was a guy from Scrubs. That's one of them. The... Early on, the cop on the prison bus is the guy from Office Space. Right. With the jump to conclusions, right. Matt. I'm a people person. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. That's a good, like, character actor guy. Yeah. Uh, Julianne Moore appears out of nowhere as the doctor right. in the ER. I always forget <laughs> that. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And her, her hair I'm looks fantastic sure. <laughs> after a supposed, like, 24-hour shift. <laughs> Apparently, I think there was supposed there was a subplot involving her that got cut out. Yeah, there was some. Her character was bigger and had something more going on with Doctor Kimball. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jane Lynch as Doctor Kelly Wall. Wall- <laughs> That's a good yeah, Jane Lynch yeah. out of nowhere as well. Yep. She had she had a lot of pins on her. Uh, doctor's coat that um, I thought were interesting. I'm, I'm kind of uh, blanking on it, but it, it's really about um, love versus hate, kind of a Whoa. kind of like a. Uh, I didn't I that. Oh, I did. And they, she hadn't. I think she's in like three <clears> scenes, <throat> and it's the same coat and pins in all three scenes. Uh, it's almost like in. Um, uh, what's the Jim Carrey movie where she's got like the um, How Will It End? What's the Oh Truman Show? Truman Show. <laughs> she's got pins on. Like it just the pins seemed so out of place for that part. It it if totally you, distracted me. <laughs> if you asked me about that and like <laughs> what, what character had these weird pins on in that movie we watched l- last night. If you gave me ten choices, I wouldn't have come up with that. I, I didn't see anything like that. I almost mentioned it, but I wanted to save it for today, and then I flip and forgot oh the, what it, they said. Uh, okay, uh, this is not a cameo, but it's, it's sort of a guy who just appears in stuff, especially at that time. Uh, Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano. Uh, he, Cosmo. He's Cosmo. Yeah, he's like uh, the. Tommy Lee Jones' sidekick right. guy. Uh, we did an interview with him for my old magazine hmm. 20 years ago. Uh, and then my favorite, favorite, I'm going to call it a cameo, but my favorite guy in this movie is the Chicago cop with the mustache who is fantastic. He's out of central casting. I mean, he is a Chicago cop. And yeah. He, he literally is a Chicago cop. Uh, he goes by Detective Rossetti. Apparently, that's his character's name. And he appeared in a handful of things here and there, almost always as a cop. Right. Uh, but three things in particular. Under Siege, The Fugitive, and Primal Fear in the 90s. So, Eric, did you recognize yeah. him in, in uh, Under Siege when you watched that on Wednesday? I did. <laughs> yeah. If, um <laughs> It, yeah, that director. It's the same director. Yeah, I, th- I think watch, like they were buddies. Yeah, yeah. If he's there's a, there's a lot of actors 
in Under Siege that were also the Fugitive. But it's comical to watch. Another movie directed by Andrew Davis is Chain Reaction. Ooh, what was with that? Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weisz and Morgan Freeman and a couple other good actors. Okay. It's another fugitive movie taking place in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> the it, You can almost put the cast list side by side and be almost yeah. identical. It's distracting to watch. It's ridiculous. I love it when a, a director, like, has a, a certain success and then finds his wheelhouse and then he's just that's all he's doing that's the only thing <laughs> it even has yeah. it even has Danner as a cop that gets shot yes like it's exactly the same wow, that's great uh okay who was almost cast uh I'm just going with the two main characters the rest of them who cares right. uh almost cast in how close did they get I don't know, but or were they the backup? Yeah, guys who were up for the role, or tried for the role, or were uh, rumored for the role were Alec Baldwin, hmm. Michael Douglas, Kevin Costner, and Nick Nolte. How irritated was Alec Baldwin that he lost out again to Harrison Ford? Yeah. If that's the case, yeah, yeah. Those guys are just fighting for roles throughout the 90s. <laughs> you get it? I get it. You get it? Right. I get it. Uh, apparently, Nick Nolte uh, was really being considered, but uh, he he felt he was too old. Like He was like, I'm too old for this part. I can't be doing this stuff anymore. Yeah, I feel he would have been too old also. He is one year older than Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, And, and we, I, we were talking about this last night. Uh, when they filmed this, or, or when they shot this movie, Harrison Ford was 50, thereabouts, fine. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was 46, 47. Tommy Lee Jones looks 57 in this movie. <laughs> yes, he does. Tommy Lee Jones is my age in this movie. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. He's got those creases that I think have that appeared to age his face. He looked 42 when he was 22. Yeah. yeah. But he's but then he looked the same for right. ages. Right. He's a guy who has looked 54 years old for about 30 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh So that was Richard Kimball, Nolte Baldwin, Douglas Costner for Samuel Gerard. Uh, the only other ones I saw two real ones, and one I think is just sort of a, a just a name to put out there. Uh, Gene Hackman and John Voight as Samuel Gerard mm. instead of Tommy Lee Jones. Gene Hackman, sure, he'd have been too old, but fine. Yeah, yeah. Voight, I don't see it. Uh, but then no. the one that I think this is just fake. It was Mel Gibson. Well. I don't think he works in that role at all. No, no, no. And I think he like supposedly he turned it down or it didn't work, and then like he was already into Braveheart at that point right. or something. So I don't know. Uh, so if you were to recast those two roles, okay, Kimball and the Marshal. Yep. With current uh, recasting it today is what I'm going for. Uh, who would? Who would you choose as 
those roles. And I, I'll throw out mine first if you want. Okay. So for Dr. Richard Kimball, uh, I have one and two backups. I'd go Bradley Cooper. I think that would work. And then I've got maybe uh, a Chris Pine, maybe a, a Ryan Gosling. I had Chris Pine on my list for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had Bradley Chris Cooper. All right. He's a little older, but I think might still work. I had Viggo Mortensen. Mm. That's interesting. Um, as, also, as Kimball. As Kimball. Okay. He, he can do either one. I had, I had two backups, and then I had a changing the movie <laughs> All right. role. So Javier Bardem. And Mark and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Change, Ruffalo would be good. Yeah, changing the movie to kind of like flipping the gender and I, and all of that. I didn't. I had Viola Davis playing that. Yeah. playing that part. That could work. I'm trying to think if I have an alternative. That's pretty good. Yeah. Eric, did you have anybody uh, she's, else? She's so different. It's a, it's, it's a it's, different movie. It's a different movie. I can't, but when I can't you kind of think about, it, and this is for in a couple minutes probably, but you think about it, the consummate professional that's suddenly yeah. kind of in this, I, I think she plays that part really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't really have anybody. I didn't have anybody different on my list. Bradley Cooper was my big one. Yeah. Um, and then for the Marshall uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, character, I didn't have any. I didn't have any great inspiration on this, but so I went with a couple of. Yeah, fine. And my third one, I think I, I'm liking more and more if I think about it. Okay. Uh, Matt Damon as the Marshal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Norton. Eh, I don't know. I considered him for a yeah. while. This last one I threw on there, and the more I think about it, I think this is my guy. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he would be an interesting Marshal, like U.S. Marshal mm-hmm. guy. Way different than Tommy Lee Jones, but right. uh, it could be interesting. Okay. Eric? Um, how about Adam Driver? Oh, that's a good one. That is, that's, that's pretty good. I like that one. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think that's my guy. I had kind of... To play it similarly to Tommy Lee Jones, I was really excited about it, and then I realized, uh, kind of, he's done it in another movie, and that was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he. I think yeah, he's old now. He about him. He's in his fifties. Is he? Mm-hmm. I think he might even be six zero. He's like early fifties. Yeah. I had um, Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's good. I like that <laughs> too. Yeah. And again, and again, flipping the script, I had Regina King. 
That's nice. a good one. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> I like that one better than uh, Viola Davis. Uh, Woody Harrelson's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think we I think we have a, any number of alternative movies here to make yeah. with these guys. I I had a few more characters. Oh no. <laughs> Throw in the wild cards. Let's go. So I, I, I just did those two. Um, so Helen Kimball. <laughs> wow. Well, the, I mean. I know, but she's in the movie for right. three and a half seconds. Uh, but uh, what's her name got, got a big built, like relatively big. Seal Award. Like Seal Award. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> sure. Um, and if Mark Ruffalo is the person Julianne Moore, which I know she's in the original, <laughs> but I good. thought it works sure. as the spouse <laughs> for the... Um, that would be good. And then the flip the yeah, script. A, if you're remaking it, that's a good nod to Might as well. Yeah. The version. And then the flip the script, um, Lawrence Fishburne. As? As the spouse of Viola Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Sure. Um... So these are a couple of smaller parts, but I th- I couldn't stop thinking about it while they were in Cosmo. I had Michael Pena. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, Noah, the guy with the ponytail. Yeah. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought would be so funny <laughs> as a part, but I thought oh it would God. be good. That's <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Sykes. Mm. I had David Thewlis, who uh, was oh. the who is that bad guy in Wonder Woman. He was the werewolf professor in bad Harry guy. Potter. Bad guy He's got kind Woman. of a ginger. Okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And then for Charles Nichols. I had two possibilities. Nichols. I'm going to give you the first one. The second one is the one I feel really strongly is a good one. Mm-hmm. First, though, is Stanley Tucci. <clears throat> I thought would play a good Charles <clears throat> Nichols kind of character. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the one I really like, though, is Christoph uh, Waltz. Yeah. I think that's that's the one right, right there. I that's, mean, that's it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> this Dutch actor is playing Chris off Waltz as Dr. Nichols. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Tonight the, tonight the role of Christoph Waltz will be played by. Yeah. Understudy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have some. I didn't want to go too deep into this because it's getting long already. Um, but memorable quotes, I guess. Memorable scenes, memorable quotes. Um, the part where they're in the tunnel uh, before he does the Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. That, that's a pretty good one. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was in the trailer. Yeah. I, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I think that was that was another one that Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know if he improvised it, but he changed. The, they talked about it and changed the line at the last minute that yeah. he wanted it to be. I don't care. We can see that. Which is like the most. 
I don't even think that Tommy Lee Jones is even acting in that scene. That's just Tommy Lee Jones being Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I don't think he's acting in most of this movie. I think he's just being and himself. That's, right. that's being himself. And if he's not, I would like him just to be that guy. I felt like the yeah. I don't care line was very much like the I know line of Harrison, <laughs> of Harrison Ford <laughs> in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Very much I so. Know. What if Harrison Ford said that in Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, when the ponytailed kid gets taken by Copeland in the house and uh, Gerard shoots him and his, his ears ringing and whatever outside. And he's like, you could have shot me. Why didn't you bargain with the guy? And, he, and Tommy Lee Jones comes in and he goes, I never bargain. Yep. That's a good, that's a good little. That's good. Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Um, we already did the classic, uh, uh, what happened? The guy did a Peter Pan right off this dam right here. Look, what happened? Where'd he go? I did a Peter Pan right here off of this dam right here. What? Yeah. Boom. Uh, and then the the most famous one, the one that was quoted forever and was in the the trailer, I believe, uh, is. Excuse me, as I get ready. This is a longer one. Uh, these are all, by the way, these are all Tommy Lee Jones lines. None right. of them are Kimball lines whatsoever. Uh, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, is four miles per hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name, your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. We have a fugitive that's been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground barring injury is four miles an hour. That will give you a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in this area. Checkpoints will go up at 15 miles. Fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. That's that's the movie right there, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Richard, Dr. Richard Kimball. Kimball. Dr. Richard Kimball. Uh, so, would this movie work today? My answer is no fucking way this movie works. Really? In, in 2020. No, no. The movie works because it's a good movie, but... This guy could not hide out for that long without being found out. It happens all the time. What are you talking about? I'm saying it doesn't. I'm saying this guy in Chicago? No way. Doing all the stuff he does? He's seen 10,000 different times, and there's cameras on every corner. Uh, There's no way. 
and all, all the cell phones? No way. There's disguises that he could be wearing. It happens all the time. He would, he would have had to have changed his look more than shaving his beard and coloring his hair once. I would agree. There had to be multiple. There had to be multiple disguises. Sure. He's in, in the city where he committed the murder, and he's been in the newspaper, and all these guys are after him, and he's he's constantly being identified in 2020. I don't think I, I think it. He's on the run for about six weeks when he's captured, not six years or however long this thing's take. Well, that was one of the questions I had. How long is the time that he? I that this movie is supposed to transpire. No. It's got it's got to be two years, right? I mean, we, we see no, the season change. I don't change. that long. We see the season change at, at least to go through three or four seasons. It's got to be a year. But his hair changes a few different times. You know, the cops are off the case and they come back on it because he reappeared. Uh, I think he's. We'll look this up, but I think I think it's a while. Like like how Gr- Groundhog Day took like thirty years for that one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't talk about it. I think this took way longer than the movie uh, uh, would lead you to believe. I think it's, it's I never saw it that way. I always, in my mind, uh, it always seemed to me like it transpired transpired over maybe a couple of weeks at the most. Oh, really? Yeah. I always thought a couple of months, like, because it always seemed kind of like in that dreary kind of spring. Like, you don't see summer, like, full-on summer. No, probably not. But You don't see autumn in that way. Like, I, I always thought it was a relatively short period of time. You around. had always said that it was we don't see a longer snow. period of time. Yeah. I, I think it's longer, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't have, I mean... You can remake this movie, and let's say it's going to be over a six-week period of time. Well, then it's different. So, yeah. so the other, the other thing that I thought of for this, <coughs> yes, you could do it again because uh, big pharma is always a big, hmm? is still a thing. But you could also do tech. You know, like this is um, right related to some software, or some code, or whatever, and this person. Um, it's going to be a whistleblower because of right. some, you know, privacy leak or, you know, whatever it is, and they're on the run. And so to get to kind of your issue Isn't, about technology and the, can this person, you know, find these well, records or whatever that computers and technology and. But that movie was made. It's called Enemy, Enemy of the State. It's Will Smith and uh, uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. That was Regina King. Regina King. <laughs> uh, and that was 1994. I don't know. Um, but that was about a tech company that used technology. Right. No, no, I know. But that wasn't. But, but that's what I'm saying. But it, it uses tech more to, find, to, to capture him. Right. But what I'm saying is so Dr. Richard Kimball yeah, yeah, is no, a medical professional and he's the one that's, you know, able to. Um, one, discover that they fraudulently did all of this stuff, but also being able to go in and find these people and 
um, get these tissue samples and all this other stuff that being a medical professional helped him be able to deduce. You could do it now with coronavirus, that they're, they're uh, fraudulently doing the testing or that they're, they're lying over there. Sure. <laughs> Um, but I think they could do it. Um, it wouldn't be the exact same movie. No, I know. Course, I just think but being in a big city with all the cameras and doing the things he does, going into hospitals, going into wherever, he'd be seen three times a day and I think he'd be caught quick. Uh, so putting aside U.S. Marshals for a minute, uh, Eric... Wait, did Eric answer the question? Oh, uh, do you think this movie would work today? Like, this concept could be in 2020. Um, it could with, like we just were talking about, it could with some, there would be some changes to it. Yeah. Uh, um, they, it would, it, I'm, it would almost have to turn into a thing where um, it would almost get comical the number of like disguises you would have to go through in order to in realistically avoid being recognized everywhere. He well, he just he just puts on the Groucho uh, glasses and nose and mustache, and there you go. He just does <laughs> the old. <laughs> uh, so, would what would you want to see in a sequel? I think the. Only sequel is following the marshal. It's following. I think Absolutely. he's the only interesting thing about it. Absolutely. Uh, Doctor Kimball's story is it's, over. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah, once. Yeah, once it's proven that he's innocent, then yeah, his story is over. Yeah. Unless you're. Unless it's turns into a courtroom drama where he's suing <laughs> the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois for wrongfully prosecuting him or something. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, there's no, there's no story left. Yeah, no, it's over. Uh, oh, all right. Well, now we got to do the how much are they worth game. Are we doing the sequel or no? Oh, yeah, sorry. What What about it? You would ask the question and I stopped you. No, that, that's that was that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything Okay, else. all right, got what it. What would you want to see in a sequel? Okay, I said. It. Uh, it's just a, oh, got it. Sorry, my bad. Uh, just Samuel Ger- yeah. Gerard. Yeah. There's no. Okay. Dr. Kimball doesn't have any future in a sequel. <laughs> he's he's washed up. It's not going to be following Julianne Moore's character, developing that. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I follow the Chicago or a, a relationship between uh, Harrison Ford and Jane Lynch. Uh, Okay, hang on a second. Okay. How much are they worth game? And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. So this was tough just to rep. We usually do five people in this game. And just to find find characters, five characters that are worth mentioning, or, you know, actors that play the characters, was difficult. The actor who plays, the Dutch actor who plays uh, Dr. Nichols isn't listed in the celebritynetworth.com, so I, he's <laughs> not a, a guy. So we're stretching it a little bit, but it's fine. We'll, we'll go. Um, so the first person is, for 
How much are they worth? Uh, seal award. So Mrs. Kimball. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'll put down a number. Does she? Was she ever in like any like a long running TV show or anything at any point? I think she's done TV a fair amount. I don't know for a fact, but um, a bunch of movies in a bunch of movies in the late '80s to mid '90s for sure. I think she did some TV. To what degree, I don't know, though. Yeah. So I'm... Mm. I got a number. I have a number. Do you have a number, Eric? I have a number. What's your number, Al? 2.5. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to be high again. Damn it, that was mine, too. All right. I'll put you down for 2.5. I had 15. Whoa. But we all know I am terrible at this game, so (laughs) it's not... (laughs) I always way overshoot or way undershoot. Seal Award. Let's see here. Uh, okay. All right. Um, everyone, just calm down. Prepare yourself. Make sure you're sitting down for this. Seal Award. Is an American actress, according to Celebrity Net Worth, I think we knew that, uh, who has a net worth of $50 million. What? Who is she? she who is she married to? <laughs> oh my God. I win that just because I'm an idiot, but. Uh, what What are her. What, what are the credits for? What? I, you'd have to go into it here, but. Independence Day? After moving to New York to pursue a career in advertising, uh, she began modeling to supplement her income. I'm not going into her details, but uh, yeah, $50 million is. uh, Wow. That is good for her. She was in. The Man Who Loved Women, Nothing in Common, Steel Justice, 54, Runaway Bride, The Day After Tomorrow, The Stepfather, uh, TV shows, Sisters, Once and Again, CSI New York, CSI would have gotten her some money, probably. 50. 50. It's a big number, man. Uh, Okay, Julianne Moore. What is her oh. net worth? Her, I believe, would be 50. Yeah, I'll say 50 million would be my number for Julianne Moore. Let's say 45. I'll say... I'll say... I don't know. Uh, 35. Julianne Moore. Okay, someone hit it right on the head. Uh, Julianne Moore has a net worth of $50 million. Wow. Ah. Nice job, Eric. One for Eric, one for me. Yeah, that makes up for about $2.5 million on Seal Award. Well, based on this, all my next answers are $50 million for anybody. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> 
Joe Pantoliano, oh Joey Pants, what is his net worth? Oh, boy. Um, Pantoliano. How do you put around four ember? I don't know if I can, if he's in here. Joey Pantoliano. I don't know if he's in here. Did you try this is Joe? Oh, I got him. I didn't look, though. Uh, okay, I'm going to go... See the Lord. It's throwing me way off. Um, let's go... He does a lot of... Things. I'm going to go... 25. I'll go 20. 20. I had 17 in my head. 17. Joe Pantoliano. Uh, you know him as Cypher in The Matrix. Uh, Teddy <laughs> Memento. Uh, Francis Fratelli in The Goonies. Uh, Guido the Killer Pimp in Risky Business. <clears throat> okay, he uh, Joey Pantoliano's net worth is eight million dollars. Huh. That's that's a hard one because he's been he's been in so much so stuff. Much I know. Trying, but he's never he's always just a character actor. So it's but it's, at the same time he's done so much. It's hard to gauge. It's a hard one to gauge. Yeah. That was a tough one. He's always like the the second or third fiddle, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Or the fourth, the fourth <clears throat> or fifth. Oh, what's the movie with uh, uh, De Niro and Charles Grodin? Uh, De Niro oh. taking him back as a bail bondsman or a bounty hunter. I have no idea. Oh. Yeah, I know the movie. I can't think of the name. It's a great movie. Whatever. Uh, he's in that, too. Got it. Anyway, uh, okay, Tommy Lee Jones. Now we're getting to the big guys. All right. Tommy Lee Jones. I had to rethink it for a quick moment because there's a big franchise in there. Midnight Run, Brendan, is the name of the movie. That's that's the one. That's a movie we should review at some point. Um, Tommy Lee. I got a number. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's been leading man or supporting actor in a lot of stuff. I have a number. Um. I have a number. Ooh. I have a number. Uh, what's your number? Mine? Yeah. Is 97 million. God damn it. I'm way the fuck off. <laughs> Eric, what's your number? 85. I am an... I either have nailed it or I'm, a, I'm out of my mind. Uh, 62 million. I have him low. I'm twenty million dollars off from you guys. 
Mm-hmm. What'd you say, Eric? 85. Tommy Lee Jones has a net worth of $85 million. Jeez. Woohoo! So this is actually... Eric gets two on the nose. Wow. So the score is four to one to one. I think you got it in the bag there, Slim. Uh, and finally, Harrison Ford. What is Harrison Ford's net worth? Mm. I, we have definitely done this on this podcast, but him on this podcast before, but I have no idea what it would be. Yeah. We do a lot of repeats. I've that got a. Matter. I've got a number. Well, if fucking Tommy Lee Jones is eighty-five. Uh, Harrison is going to be north of that. Eric, I will for Harrison Ford. I have a number. Two twenty-five. That was my number. I wrote down 225. Damn it. What do you got? I have 267. Okay. Harrison Ford is an American actor, aviator, pilot, and producer. (laughs) Uh, He played Han Solo in the Star Wars trilogy, if you didn't know that. And I believe he was Indiana James. No, Indiana Jones. Uh, he's a net worth of three hundred million. Okay. Allison gets it, and Eric wins with a score of four to two. Damn. I felt good about some of those, and I am way off. What was he worth? Three hundred. Three hundred. I, I just put down Eric's number just to... Because Eric's been right. Because he's gotten everything right to this point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that's uh, The Fugitive. Any closing thoughts, Eric? Um, watching, it, uh, watching it this week was the first time I'd watched it in a long time. Yeah. And, yeah, it it's... It held up. It holds up very, very well. It's and really good. I was. I forget. I forgot how good of a movie it really was. It really was well done. Yeah. It's on TV a lot, and we'll have it like on in the background sometimes on a random Sunday or something. Right. But to, I don't think I've sat down and watched it start to finish in a while. Uh, it's it's really good. Uh, and it's definitely Tommy Lee Jones' movie. Uh, Harrison Ford is fine, but... Uh, He's almost an interchangeable part. Yeah. Versus it's, Tommy Lee Jones, it's hard to imagine anybody else in that role. It's the U.S. It Deputy Marshal uh, Samuel Gerard yeah. movie. Yeah. That's good. And it doesn't happen all that much where you think of Harrison Ford as an interchangeable character, but... I know. Against Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, it was he was yeah. great, he was great, but I think other people yeah, could play that part. Yeah. When has when has Harrison Ford ever taken a backseat to anybody? Right. I know. It's awesome. All right, guys, uh, let's wrap it up, and then we'll come back with whatever new movie we do in a couple weeks. But uh, this is a good one to. 
to get in the books. So, all right. And I'd like to clear up that Milwaukee does not have an L, um, which is referenced in the movie. I, I, I baffled me since day one. Like Milwaukee is an L. Did it have any sort of any part of the track was elevated in the nineties? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. They don't even have. I mean, there is no other than like the. I don't know. What, is he talking about some Amtrak sort of Amtrak or Metro? Metro? Yeah. That, that's yeah. not elevated. Damn researchers. <laughs> Easy enough to find out. But it needed to be close by. Yeah. St. Louis has an L. Milwaukee has an L. Really? <laughs> Go find it. Uh, all right. Later, Eric. Bye, Eric. Bye.